The underdog is howling. Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? Welcome in. Final four, etc. Podcast is what I'm calling this, Bear. Because uh, I got I got a bunch of things written down I want to ask you about. Okay. Um, I do uh, want to check in. Miami, Miami Hurricane Nation, that close. What a run. The first half of that game was absolutely incredible after watching some of the other things, i.e. Villanova Houston the day before. <laughs> um, but uh, we good? We, we're ramping up? Yeah, no. We're, we're, Spring ball we're, season, we're, good to go? Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're good. It was it – was, it was a hell of a run, and it was something that you and I had talked about. I, I thought that the winner of that USC-Miami game could very easily find themselves in the eight just because of the having the weakest yeah. two seed in there on Auburn and a, a situation in the Sweet 16 with the week three or Iowa State or a coach without – a team without a head coach. So they, they made me look good in that regard. And uh, the first half, it was it's kind, of, kind of sitting there, and I'm like, you know – Moore and Miller have been on the bench basically the entire time with foul trouble, and they're up six. And then, of course, the flip side to that was Kansas is like three of eight from the free throw line and hadn't made a three-pointer yet. So you knew the run was coming, and they just unfortunately had no no answers for it. But, you know, I, I'm, am I disappointed? Yeah, I'm disappointed, but I'm not, like, tragic like I was, uh, say, with the year they got beat by Tulsa. Uh, and would have been playing North Carolina with I think which what I think was a really good team. Remember or, that? Like I said too, it felt like the uh, a repeat of the '98 and 2010 AFC Championship game where oh. the Jets led Denver in the third quarter and led the Colts in the third quarter and got absolutely trucked in the second half. So it, it had that feeling to it. No, we're we're good. Um, All right, I'm happy with it, and I need to do a little bit more. I need to do some more Masters homework this week. I need to do some baseball homework this week. Uh, and, and then, yeah, I, I think early next week, maybe we can do a, a, a baseball weather spring forecast. Yeah. Spring for exa- exactly. There spring we go. Is here. Here's what we got in the masters. Here's some, some baseball bets and, uh, we'll go from there. Staying on the topic of how we feeling. I got to ask you, Kentucky, Murray, <laughs> Purdue, like who's hurting the most? The easy answer is Kentucky, but at least St. Peter's made some threes in that game. It's got to be Purdue. Okay. Like Even though, be- in, and now you're getting all the blue blood talk about this Final Four and Kentucky's not there. That's where I think the piling on has gotten a little that's- too much. Like, Kentucky people had a rough couple of weeks. They don't need this stuff. People just going after them. So, I do feel bad, uh, but go ahead. You're, you're, you're going to say Purdue. Yeah, no, I think it's Purdue mainly because Edie was terrible. Like the, the, the decision making on some of the shot selection was, was terrible. Jaden Ivey looked like he might have been shaving points with how poor he was playing. They, they were so tentative. Like, like when Stefanovic is like the only guy willing to take shots. Yeah. I, I, that's a problem. But it's got to be what, what did St. Peter's shoot like 33% from the field and one? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So, I I mean, I get the Kentucky answer, but uh, I think it's Purdue just knowing 
that you are in the sweet 16 and you got a 15 seed and you can't beat them. Unreal, unreal stuff. Credit to, to St. Peter's. And I will say, I just, the St. Peter's deal is, is pretty eye-opening to me of just how they handled it. Because you like you brought up Laranaga, and that's the one that I keep going back to. I have another side of this also. But like Laranaga, when they made that run, he did everything and had the best time doing it. Whereas it felt like St. Peter's had this thing, like we're holding back. We're not letting anybody in. Uh, we are who we are. We're tough. Uh, we're Northeast kids. And I just felt like it really caught up to them when they needed to be their best because it felt like they were tight against Carolina, even with the Holloway interview where he's like, we'll be all right. And they're just asking, hey, what do you think you're going to do? Well, we'll be all right. Uh, no, you're not. You're, you're, <laughs> you're actually done. So it was just one of those things. And I will say, I mentioned this on Scott's pod earlier this week, it's really hard to be out in public and rooting against Cinderella. Being in some yeah. investment situations with teams that were playing uh, the Murray game, I'll go back to. I thought they got a brutal whistle in the first half. And then Purdue just having a future and knowing what's at stake in in a, in a Calcutta pool we could talk about later that I'm in. Not not being brash or, or outwardly, but just the the idea that Cinderella carries and the, and the people they drag along with them that yep. find them rooting for them is just incredible. And it's a place you only get in the NCAA tournament. So I just thought that was different in years past where I thought Mason and, and VCU handle things differently than St. Peter's. They made a run of cities on the map for sure. And uh, hopefully they get a lot more season ticket holders in the next year after averaging 530 fans. Uh, yeah, exactly. That, that, that's, that's what I hope happens here now. I hope that the community comes out and supports them uh, a, a little bit better than what they had, but for whatever coach will will be there next year, because, you know, Shaheen Holloway will not be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it'd be done already. There was talks it was done on his drive back, but yeah, we'll wait and we'll wait and see on that one. Let's get into it. First game, Nova, Kansas, four and a half. I see the number 133 over under. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does that give us as a first half number? Because that's that's what I want to get into. Probably what, 66 or somewhere around there? I was, I was going to say, if you could get 67, maybe. See. I like that because of the idea of the final four, the idea of what the arena is going to be like. I know they, I mean, I'm shocked that all these teams are already there. I thought that was pretty uh, surprising. And I think that's, I see 62. Ooh, all right. that That's different then because I was banking on a first half under, knowing what Villanova is capable of. Knowing what Kansas was against Miami, and now they're going to get the totally different aspect of things. Like Miami wanted to go, and and Coach Larega said, let's run faster. And Kansas ended up running a lot faster in the second half. But that first half, step for step, they were with them. The game of runs was incredible. And now you get a total contrast of Villanova. And I know people are going to talk about the lack of depth and losing more. And I, I get it. He's a great player. As far as fatigue and being able to play, I mean, Archie Diakono will, will spare some minutes in the first half, play a little, probably play a little bit more. I think he played four against Houston. But with the TV timeouts and everything, as long as they stay out of foul trouble, I, I'm not worried about Villanova's fatigue. I'm really not, and I'm not having a problem taking them. I I, I think they will keep this that close. I, I think you could count on them contesting Kansas threes 
which I thought caught up with Miami where they, you know, run jumping and, and trying those traps and giving Kansas the open threes. I think Villanova will be a lot smarter and, and, and safer defensively. And that's why I think those threes will be contested for Kansas. So I, I, I look at Villanova. I look at that under, I'll still say first half under, and uh, I, I look at it, Villanova plus the points in that, in that first game. I'm uh, I'm looking for every reason to bet Villanova here, and I'm hoping it goes to five. I'm I'm, I'm going to wait it out. I don't think it's going to go to four or or any or three and a half. If it goes to four, fine. But yeah, I'm I'm looking for every reason to bet Villanova in this game. More is a mess. So I probably would have picked Villanova to win that win this title amongst this group of four had more been there. Um, but it. but but I do think like like you said. Losing him is the, the productivity of losing him is, is a big deal. It's not the it's not the depth. It's not the bench. Because like you said, you're getting three and a half minute TV timeouts, whatever they are now. The pace of this game will not be as fast. So I, I am with you there. And you still need to remember too. I think there's a bit of a recency bias here. That the the thing that everybody the thing that happened most recently was what Kansas did to Miami in the second half of that game. Yep. And, and that's fine. I mean, the, the Kansas is good. It's really good. But at the same time, this is still a team that against Creighton was one made three-point shot away from being in big trouble against a yep. team that, oh, by the way, plays five or six guys in Creighton. Um, and then in the next round, they let, a, they let Providence right back in the game, uh, a, a team that they had beaten handily. And then they kind of fell asleep at the wheel. Providence came back and, and, and that game got tied, I believe. So it, it's not like the Kansas that we saw second half of Miami is the Kansas we've seen throughout the season Correct. and the NCAA Correct. tournament. Great point. So like, I, I, I think the people remember Miami, but you also got to remember what happened prior to that. So I, I respect the hell out of Jay Wright and his ability to come up with some kind of game plan here to, to, to figure out, slow them down. And, and they've blown this team out before. I mean, they blew them out a couple of years ago when they had that great team that won the title. I don't think that'll happen again. I, I'd like to see like a biggest lead prop in this game. Uh, I, I think Circum usually puts those up. Mm-hmm. I can't see this game getting out of hand either way. Like, I'm curious what the number might be for biggest lead. Like, like would it be like 10 or 11? Somewhere around there, maybe. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think this game is... It gets out of control when you see a team go on a big run and get up big. But I am, uh, I am, I, I am looking for every reason to bet Villanova. Hopefully, at a better number than we have now. And here's what I think is going to give. I think Kansas will be the the public play, uh, knowing, like you said, the 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 recency vision we have of last things we saw. But you're going to get Villanova money just because of how successful they've been. And going back and look at these numbers, they're 4-0 in the tournament, in this tournament against the spread. And since 2016, they're 20-3 and outright, 19-4 and against the spread in the NCAA tournament. So there's plenty of Nova backers out there that are not going to get mm-hmm. off the wagon, especially with them as a dog. So that that's pretty uh, interesting to me. A couple of the uh, player props I got there, I think Caleb Daniels is a guy to look at because of his athleticism and his ability to create his own shot. His point total is at 12 and a half. I look at him. Gillespie's 14 and a half. Yeah, Daniels is going to have to be a guy that scores more. He's yeah, exactly. That's, a, that's a, 
That's why I think in his over, like his three, three pointers is one and a half. I would look at that over because he's going to take more than he's usually taken. You could bet that. And a little motivation. He is from New Orleans. I think he's going to play his butt off. And if he ever got that follow dunk against Houston, I think the place would have come down. Um, <laughs> that was incredible where he came from in that game. But that's when I look at that game, a couple of the Kansas number, Abaji, 16 and a half points. Remy Martin, 11 and a half. I feel like people will bet the over on that a lot. Well, what, no what, do you think, what do you think about the Abaji number? Because he passed up a lot of looks. Ton. That's what he does, though. He, I thought he's, I, I thought he's, I, interview wise, he's one of the most mature players you're going to hear from. And I noticed that earlier in the year. And that's what I thought you've seen from Kansas this year is this isn't his most talented team. It's no. not even close. Uh, when you go back and look at, the title team with the Morris twins uh, in, 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 uh, in Chalmers, guys like that. But Abaji has all the goods, and that's why I love him. He doesn't force him. He makes the play that which really uh, opened it up where he misses the breakaway layup, taps the ball back in bounds, goes to the corner, hits an open three against Miami. Like That's the stuff that he's capable of. But I feel like Villanova's ability to switch on and off I would lean towards the under 16 and a half on Abaji just because he's that guy. He, he's not going to force anything and they might have better options uh, when they get into their, their, their motion uh, offense and, and create switches, which Villanova loves to do. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, there's some three point props too. Like yeah, Abaji over one and a half, three pointers minus minus one ninety. Wow. Big juice there. Yeah. Remy Martin over one and a half plus one seventy five. And Gillespie is over two and a half at plus one fifteen. That might be. Uh, Got to think he's going to hit his three, don't you? I, I would think so. I know Kansas is great. Uh, they, I just love how many guys they have in the in the backcourt to to defend. Mm-hmm. And you saw that against Miami. What else in this game? Anything? I'm trying to. I, I, I'm I'm sticking with. It. I'm going to go Villanova and uh, first half under. I will stick to it, even though that is a low number. I'm just going off the basis of shooting in a dome for the first time, which is different. I do love the elite eights being in mostly NBA arenas, yes, helping absolutely. that, even though the unders are absolutely killing it. Sweet 16 and uh, elite eight. Did the Carolina game go over? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I, I, I will admit, I, 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 will, I will admit something here. I turned it off. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and put on the golf. Agreed. So once um, it was funny because before before that game, we've gone back and forth on text with a buddy of mine, and I, and, and he, he said, "What? So what time? How much time on the clock when the money line gets taken off taken off the board?" And I, I said, "Yeah, probably the under four. And I think I, I think you looked at three eighteen when they got to that timeout, and there were there was no more money line. So that was I was laughing at that, and then I had to just watch and make sure Scotty Scheffler didn't. Uh, Throw up all over himself with, with, with the lead over over Kisner, like he almost did. Oh, what was he doing on thirteen? I, 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 I don't know. Why are Why are you hitting driver trying to go for the green? Play you play. All you need to do is have the hole, and you just you, you you're cutting DJ's legs out. You needed DJ needed to win the hole, and you basically gave him the hole and all the momentum. But the uh, that shot he hit on set the, the, the shot he hit on sixteen, and then he missed the eagle putt, and then the tee shot on seventeen was was fantastic. So good, good for him yeah. for, uh, for, for, for bouncing back and, uh, and winning. I can't wait for next week. Oh, 
I mean, if if, if the big man's coming in too, look out. That's going to be. Can we get Tiger Woods paired with Harry Higgs? That's what I want. If he plays at the Masters, that would be great. Well, well for, I, 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 think, I think you, I think you, uh, you and the, <laughs> you and the tall man should should send a note into to to Mr. Ridley, all right, and, and Mr. Ethan, and, and see if you guys can can work on that. We will. Uh, we'll work on that. He, but that, that, that's not actually something though that I'm glad you hit on because we were talking a little bit about this on on Daily Wager uh, last night, like. I think there's going to be a mad rush. Like if he does play to like bet him to miss the cutter or something, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't do that. I'd be careful because I think yesterday's trip was basically, okay, am I going to embarrass myself if I play? And if he plays, it means that he's not going to embarrass himself. He feels like he can walk the course and, and do okay. And they're probably about 20 people. I'm going to say is it, is a, conservative guests in the field based on the exemptions and the, and the qualifiers for this field that have no shot of making the cut. Mm. So he's got a buffer there of a bunch of guys below him that, that are going to kind of raise him up. Like if he plays, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he finished top 30 or something, you know, of course like the back of his head, but uh, I mean, he's not going to win. And, and then I, I think the way you, you I don't want to say expose the market or try and beat the market would probably better is look at what look at what the head to heads are, uh, look at what his fitting finishing position is, look at what is what 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 his score is, maybe what his opening round by round score is. Uh, that, that's where you're going to beat it. Not 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 betting the will will he make the cut? No, um, I, I I think that would probably be a bet bet if he plays. Do you know off the top of your head what the average number is to make the cut? There is it that. High of a variance every year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because you're looking at a, at, a, at a, yeah. since they changed the the cut line too. Yeah, I, I think I think it's like ten shots and ties. It's either ten shots and ties or like top fifty and top fifty and those within ten shots. I, I totally forgot what they changed it to, but but ever since then you're getting like if there are 90, 96 people in the field, ninety eight uh-huh. people in the field. Like seventy people have been like been making the cut, so like it's a very very low. even par will make the cut, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, see that that's you, the you number probably, I think. You, you could probably be plus one and and make the cut. That, like, that's where I think he's yeah. coming in. When you're saying not embarrass himself, like he's got to feel like he could shoot par. That that's what I would think for mm-hmm. his mindset and knowing the the person that he is. So uh, definitely keep your eyes open there for for a little. Uh, Masters look ahead stuff as all those numbers will be flying in. Before we move on, I would like to mention there's a new SV pod out. Scott and I ran through all the results from the Elite Eight, looking ahead to the Final Four, all that comes with it. He was at the last time Carolina played Duke. We take that from what he learned in that watching and and look ahead to this one. So all that in the new SV pod. Follow SV pod wherever you listen to your podcasts. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
All right, let's get to it. It's it's the second game. It's the one everybody's talking about. It's Duke. It's Carolina. Duke is four. Um, they were 11 and a half at the game in Cameron and got wiped uh, in the second half, especially in the last 10 minutes. We all watched it. We all knew what happened. And I get it here, Bear. You could say what you want to me with me being a Duke fan, but I've been on Carolina in this tournament. Uh, I have not- a... I have a very high investment of uh, both these games, having Villanova and and Carolina in a pool I'm in. So there's that I have going for me. But here's the deal, I will say. And I think you really saw it against Arkansas, which really disappointed me how they, I don't want to say they gave up, but it's sort of like they threw the towel in the last seven minutes. Like it was just done. They, they, They had no answer for the zone. I don't know if they were, I guess they were ha- they weren't happy with the whistle they were getting, but Carolina already seeing Mark Williams and Duke twice, I think is a huge factor. And when now you get a, another week to prepare for that zone, now you could put Baycott in the middle of it. You could put Manic in the middle of it. You could put Love in the middle of it to get that ball moving around it. And Manic's a guy that I have circled. I, I didn't do it and I should have before the Sweet 16 to win Most Outstanding Player. My question is, has the tournament Most Outstanding Player ever been thrown out of a game for a bad elbow and losing 10 (laughs) minutes? Because that's where I was. I think I saw a number before the Sweet 16. He was like 66-1 to to win tournament Most Outstanding Player. And that's the guy because when you watch him and how quick his release is, I say it all the time, every time he shoots it, I feel like it's going in. The arc he has on the ball, the form, the quick release, the rotation, everything looks so good. And he's going to get open looks against Duke. He got him against in, in Durham, and he he missed, he missed some, but he also made some. And to me, he's going to take them. Manic is over two and a half threes plus 100. So that's even money. I would jump on that. I think he's going to be the guy that scores for Carolina, and I know Love has been incredible. I just don't see him being able to make the shots he did against UCLA again uh, at the rate he did. I mean, he'll make some, was, some yeah, crazy shots. There were a couple of deodorant type threes in that game that he that he knocked down, that's for sure. But the other thing was, Bear, every time they needed him, like when yep. he made – like they absolutely needed because that's what UCLA does is just grind you down and then makes you work on the other end. And for them to keep it within one, take the lead by one, I thought – kept the pressure on UCLA that that made them uncomfortable. But going back to, to Carolina, I, I look at Manic. His points are, let's see. 16 and a half. 16 and a half. I like that. Over, I mean, going back, I had uh, college hoops guys go back and look at this because it feels like this Duke-Carolina game, just being watching it every year forever, the number lately has been around 150, the total. Mm-hmm. And since 2017-18, those two games, I'm going down the list here. God, in 2017, the first time they played the over on there was 168. This is the third lowest. In 2021, it was 147. And here's the other thing. It's gone over the last six times they've played. Mm-hmm. Did you know? And now you get neutral site, and uh, in 2018-19, it was conference tournament. I believe that was Barclays. I was at that one. That went under. That was the last one to go under. That was 164.5. But this one's right around, what is it, 150, right? 
This one fifty one is what I saw. Okay. For this one. Now, uh, yeah, if- yeah, I, 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 I like kind of like I kind of like the under here. You do. I do. Well, I, I, I think the way Duke has played defensively the last couple of games uh, bodes well. And, and and you pointed out the way they just seem like they they kind of just licked the stamp in that game in that Cameron game, and it just kind of got out of control. I, I don't think obviously that's going to happen again. Yeah. Um. I, I think the way I don't think Duke wants to get into a run up and down the floor and let Carolina fire all those threes and, and knock knocks them down. I think this is a a, a slower paced game, and I, and I think the way Williams has developed in the paint as a rebounder and a shot blocker has been great. I, I think the, the way Roach has played has, has been amazing. Like Duke's been the best, the most impressive team in the tournament. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like 70, you're looking at 76, 75 uh, is basically what we're really what 70, 77, 74, 78, 74 is kind of what the line is suggesting. I think that's a pretty high scoring game based on, based on what I expect pace to look at. I like Duke uh, yeah. in, in this game. I do, but basically you're looking at what was that? What was the number in camera when they first played 11, 11 and a half, 11 and a half. And and I, and I know obviously that was higher because there was so much interest and emotion in the building, and they were going to bake that fake, in fake hype that really didn't mean anything. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> but, but now now you're basically getting seven points off based on what we thought a month ago. Yep, I, I, I don't know, not even a month ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'd be I, I I like Duke in this game I, as much as I would love to see my guy Yubi get to the national title game. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not being like reverse psychology here with you at all. There is a part of me that just kind of feels like, all right, this is the way it's going to happen. It's going to happen that way. This is how it's going to end, and fine. But uh, but I think the way Duke has played, uh, the physicality they've shown, the the, the the emotion, the maturity that they I mean coming back from against Michigan State when it looked like. They were done, and then Texas Tech. What was it? It was 68-62. Mm-hmm. That what Texas Tech led? Did, mm-hmm. did it get to six? And, and, yeah. and then they, and, and then they completely just shut them down. The rest of the game, and, and then the Arkansas game was never a game. So, I, I like the way Duke has played, and I, I think they uh, take care of business Saturday night. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I maybe another first half under because that would be what seventy five. That's a that that's is- a lot. Right, one fifty one. You're looking at seventy five. Is seventy six. Well, should be somewhere around there, right? Yeah, I see. Well, a little lower, actually. Seventy, seventy one. Boy, Hubert <laughs> Davis, uh, first Final Four appearance. Obviously, as a coach, coaches making their Final Four debuts are seven one and one against the spread in national semis in the last hmm. ten years. Carolina seven and one against the spread in their last eight games. Last games I mentioned have last six have gone over in this matchup, and Carolina has covered eight of the last ten against Duke. So there's plenty there. I, I, I do like I said the familiarity that Carolina's had, and I'm not saying Carol, uh, Arkansas, and Tech and Michigan State were in awe of Duke in any way, but I just thought the because I mean everybody forgets also Griffin went crazy in the game at Chapel Hill. He probably played his best game before the game against Arkansas, and you really saw Duke being able to put the ball in the basket against Carolina. Like Carolina has that in their head, and and has gone against that, and has been able to now get another week to see everything different Duke has done. 
schematically uh, with a lot more offensive sets they've shown since that game at Cameron. So that's why I, I feel like Carolina is a great play here. Uh, money line, everything. Uh, I think they're five to one on the one side I saw to win the title. But I know going ahead myself with being a Duke fan, I would I'll have Carolina win the title and they'll they'll beat Duke to put me in my misery and then lose the title game. So that's <laughs> I have I have I have a little uh fear and in, in throwing down on that one. But I do I do uh, love everything about Carolina coming in the I just the free willingness they have on offense. Like we talked about the teams that struggled against St. Peter's. Carolina just went out, hey, this is what we're gonna do. Go ahead and stop it. You know, we'll get the ball inside. We'll make open shots. That's what you have to do when you're playing against those underdogs. And I, I just feel like that confidence they're playing with is is so darn confident. And Duke has has been as confident as anyone also. But I like I said, the familiarity and the idea of seeing them twice already uh, makes me think Carolina's the side there. Yeah, I, I I would love to see either Carolina or Villanova win because I, I did pick up some North Carolina at twenty to one to win the title. Yep. Um, I got him during tournament, and I I played Villanova twenty nine to one. Wow! Prior to the tournament to win because I had I had Tennessee, I had UCLA, and I was just looking for another another team that wasn't one of the obvious teams that that people were were, were betting. So I uh, I played Villanova twenty eight twenty nine to one twenty eight eighty. Well, if it's North Carolina and Nova in the title game. Uh, your boy here is going to be having a good time down in New Orleans because <laughs> we got some uh, financial backing that would make things a lot better. Uh, I'll just say that. Yeah, hope, hopefully at least one of them will will win. Give me a shot. I mean, we've got one. It's kind of it's kind of like me. All I, all I needed was one. I needed Gonzaga or Texas Tech to win, and I basically would have been able to name my profit on a Final Four. Yeah, future that I would have played that was a, that was a ridiculous price and. I could have just money line the, the crap out of Kansas on that Sunday and, or money line the op, oppo of Texas Tech or Gonzaga and, and bet Duke and would have been would have been fine, but didn't happen. But we we moved on. By the way, by the way, the last two April Masters, I just went back and looked while we were talking. Three over made the cut. Did you know? Wow. You don't think Tiger. If Tiger doesn't think he can go in there and shoot 72, 73, I'd be, I'd be just going to depend on, yeah, on his health. And he hasn't played 15 months. It's a very, very hilly course. It's a tough course to walk. You know, you know, you know, the guy that used to produce this podcast, I don't know if you remember him or not. Yeah. I forgot his name already. So <laughs> kidding, but he actually, uh, tweeted out something very interesting. And I, and I kind of like the thought he thinks that maybe Tiger is just going to go play the par three with Charlie and, oh. and, and that'll be it. All right. So maybe, maybe, maybe Travis has a point. I've seen game spreads on the women's games. I haven't seen championship numbers. Stanford, UConn's a pick them. South Carolina's eight. I was hoping to see to win the title. I don't have any of those. DraftKings doesn't have them either. Okay, DraftKings doesn't have them because I was going to look at DraftKings. Let me look at FanDuel. Sugarhouse doesn't have them up uh, yet either for the women's tournament. Let me, let me see if FanDuel does. The Connecticut, the Connecticut will be a little bit different too because – Oh, yeah, because you, you got the, on the uh, Lady Huskies. The Lady Huskies here. 
Or I should no, no, it's just the Huskies. Well, it's just the it's just the Huskies. Yeah, the only game up I have here in Connecticut is uh, South Carolina minus seven and a half over Louisville. Oh, so that's down. Oh, I see UConn minus one and a half now. And I don't I don't see any uh, women's Final Four win the title. So just play the just do the money line rollover if you're looking to get into that. Very good. What else we got? NBA playoffs right around the corner. Stanley Cup. It's 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 a big it's a big uh, week for me. For uh, LeBron. Well, yeah, I need LeBron to play three more games, and once he hits a magic number, then just decide to sit out. And you feel good about him playing three more games? Yes, I do. Absolutely. Okay. Right. I, I, he, I I I don't think I he couldn't care less. I don't think about the. Uh, the potential of making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. So when I was listening to uh, to, to Winhorst um, when he was on Vison last week, and, and he basically said it that, that like LeBron wants the scoring title, like that really matters to him. Like he said, like LeBron will never publicly admit it, but I know he wants it. And uh, as soon as as soon as Wendy said that, I went out and found a found a nice plus money price on LeBron. To win the uh, to win the scoring title, Good. Um, I had already had Lakers under thirty six and a half adjusted wins in the bank, which that is going to be good. Uh, I thought I was trending downward with the Sixers to win the division. The injury with the Celtics kind of helps my cause a little bit, even though Joel Embiid is like how you don't slam that ball last night mm. when you go up soft and you get you get it thrown back at you by Giannis. That hurt, but we're only a half game back. Uh, you got the Pistons twice, and you got the Pacers twice. So I'm, I'm in play for the Sixers division title. I'm in play plus four fifty on the on, on the Nuggets to win the uh, division. So thank you Clippers for helping me last night with that. That was uh, that was always good. It will be uh, we'll be collecting the uh, the large minus price that I laid uh, with the Grizzlies very soon uh, as well. Lot going, lot going on. Ty Lue deserves Coach of the Year for me, but I know he's not going to get it. Okay, okay. I, I can. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. What with he's that. done with that team is incredible. I uh, and then the the other the other elephant in the room now is like, how do I, how do I do I play myself into a profit with the with the uh, Jaron Jackson Defensive Player of the Year bet that I have? So I got him at 120. He's probably not going to win, but like, I mean, how many guys can you bet to get yourself a profit? And like, like you, you, you can't bet smart, Gobert, Giannis, and I think I'm missing someone. And, and bam, you can't bet all four of them because then you're really cutting your profit out. Yeah, see, I don't get the. I don't think Bam's played enough. Yeah, and, and, and that's and that's what people who I've spoken to kind of think like they, they think Bam hasn't played enough and they think that the people that, that the voters don't want to vote for Gobert because the Jazz are frauds. So yeah. and, and like and does that mean like can Giannis win? Is it Mario? That's why like Marcus Smart I think is taking like a lot of money all of a sudden too because people I think people are looking for to bet anybody, pick anybody, vote for anybody other than other than Bam and Gobert. So I got, I got about a week or so to, to figure that out how I'm going to. You got to buckle down. Gonna, you got a big week or so. I do have, a, I do have a big week. You're going to get in the lab. 
get the databases out. <laughs> yeah, there'll be there'll be there'll be a lot of a lot of arbitrage calculators in play here. I do want to point out one thing that I felt really sorry for, especially watching the game the other night, and also uh, being tied to one of their teams' programs uh, in the College World Series and see what happened there. But oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, NC State sports fans. The girls' game the other night, I understand it was in Bridgeport. The college football team not playing their bowl game with it being canceled that day. And having NC State at 40 to 1 to win the College World Series and being the winner's bracket and one game up and get sent home on a bus uh, is something that I, I can't imagine having to do for those guys. So I think about investing in some NC State gear and having to wear it to show my love for that fan base because I love the craziness of them. And I can't imagine how frustrated it's been to watch their teams the last 12 months. It's brutal. I'm sorry. And that's all I could say. I don't know what else to say to the Wolfpack people. Yeah. I, I thought about, it. I, I, I saw that tweet. Like, I just don't get the, like, why are you, why are you forcing it? Just make UConn the one seat. Just make them the one seat. Or actually go to a, a bigger arena somewhere else and don't allow UConn to play home games from the, the first and second round and the, and, and the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. I mean, I get it. You want the attendance. You want to make sure people are going to be in the stands. And I get that part of it. But you, you're telling me that if you played the, if you played the uh, Sweet 16 and Elite Eight in Greensboro, not even Raleigh, you wouldn't get crowd support it's it, it's it's bad yeah they, they they got a total screw job wasn't great was not great uh anything else before we go look I'm, i i i need to nfl draft you look at anything nfl draft well the only the only thing i, I still refuse to believe that aiden hutchinson is going to go number one like Ooh, okay like, like what do you think I, evan neal i think it's either be neal or Quonu. like like I'd play, I'd play both of them at plus money and just take take whatever scalp you can get. Like Cam Robinson, yeah, you you, you franchised him and whatever, but he still wasn't a highly like graded out guy. Mm. Don't don't you want to bring in competition or someone to help your your franchise quarterback out? And then probably I, I know the price is long gone, but and it's gotten worse. But I look at I look at Garrett Wilson to be the number one receiver. I can't see Drake London being the first receiver off the board coming off of the injury that he had. And then have you seen it? Have you seen a quarterback number posted yet? Three, three and a half. Somewhere uh, under, under whatever. It well, is. that's what I'm saying. If it's three, three feels like very pushy. We're going to get three and a half minus four fifty. Yeah. You know, like, like that. They, I'd be shocked if it was, I, I, I think, whether we agree, whether we agree, they should. I, I think we can both agree that Pickett and Malik Willis are going to go in the first round. And then are you going to get two of the rest, two of Corral, no. Ritter, no. Strong, and I'm missing someone else. I think Howell. Like you're going to get two of those. No, I can't see it. I don't. The key is when does the first one go? You know, I I just don't think anybody's going to trade up in the top fifteen to, to take You'd be one. Nuts too. You'd be yeah. nuts too. So I, I'm with you on that under uh, quarterbacks. The Hutchinson thing is 
is is where I'll, the one that's really crazy is Thibodeau because now that people are diving in on the film and you see every single interview he's doing, I don't feel like he's helping his cause and things. So I'm interested to see where he, he falls to. Uh, there's going to be teams that, that obviously don't have a, uh, an ability to pass on him when it gets, if it does get low enough, but sure. he's the one I, I, I think is the wild card in this whole thing. Because when you look at him and Hutchinson, I don't think there's even a conversation of knowing what you're going to get in the field. I'm not saying Hutchinson's a superstar, right. uh, but you know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's something I want to, I'm definitely keeping my eyes is Thibodeau uh, going forward. And so. you think the other, the other guy too, like, I don't, I think, I think Stingley's going to be, a great pro. I, I think he, he might be someone that maybe he falls a little bit. I, I maybe, maybe Gardner goes ahead of him, but I think people just need to forget everything about the last two years at LSU. Remember what he was as a freshman and the dynamic player that he was last two years were a complete dumpster fire in Baton Rouge, totally saved himself for the draft and the pros. It's fine. And uh, right. I think he's going to have a fantastic career. You want to see him in a Jets jersey? I would love to see him in a, in in the California. really. I would love to see him in California. more than Kyle Hamilton. Yes. Oh, I can't agree with you there, but we'll see. That's why you pay those people. And where where is the is the facility still at Hofstra? No, they're they're in a Fort Park. They're they're in Florham Flor- Park, New Jersey. Okay, I think I think it's technically the name of the. Uh, what happened to the Islanders this year? They just never recovered from having a brutal start. Uh, be, be, be hey, on the road. bringing it back to Bridgeport, they had an open invite to play the first 10 home games at Bridgeport. They didn't want to do that. The br- brutal start. They've actually, since like the hell, the hell start, they've actually put together a really good season, but it's just too, too little, too little, too late. They were fall behind the fall behind, uh, where they needed to be, so they fall behind the, the sticks, as they like to say, <laughs> in football terms, and couldn't recover. That's All right. okay, though. Couple questions. Yes, sir. Do you believe in the Eastern Conference everybody could go to the Stanley Cup besides the Capitals? Besides the Cap, why couldn't the Capitals? I just feel like the, the everyone, all the analysts are saying everybody's a contender for the Cup in the East except the Capitals, which I don't understand. Why would you I, say that? Rock the red. Goalie, goalie. They hate the goalie. The goalie situation. Yeah, they also got some some pretty damn good scores in there. I think anyone could. I think any of the eight could. Yeah. Okay. And it, and I hope it's the team from from Sunrise, Florida, for personal reasons. But whew. that's going to be it's going to get hot and heavy real quick in the best pro tournament there is. And then I have a final question from a uh, listener. Mm-hmm. You've talked about uh, making your own sauce, food. You're a chef in mm-hmm. the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Does the bear make his own salad dressing? We we have the only time I make my own salad dressing is if we have like good seasons, something like that. But I, I'm not in there. Are you blaming like, that on the wife? If there's no seasons in the kitchen, that's her fault. No, 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 no. Oh, I, okay. I, I okay. do. No, I, let's let's clip that in the bud right there. 
I do the food shopping in this house. <laughs> she handles she handles Target and Walmart and Home Goods and Pier One and all, all right. of that stuff. I handle the groceries. All right. So yeah, I I, mean, I will usually usually will. I mean, we have some some like balsamic vinegars that we brought back from from Italy that we that we have we got some flavored olive oils that we mix in all right that but we're, we're usually I'm usually rotating I have the uh between like the Ken's like light light balsamic vinaigrette I have the Hidden Valley Ranch okay uh, in there every now and then I'll feel like maybe a little a little gorgonzola uh, on on a salad depending on what it is uh we got we got some some good honey mustard as well, but yeah, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in there though with like okay. the buttermilk and the and the, right. the tarragon and the chives and churning it together. No, that, that, that that's kind of where I draw the line. But yeah, like a good like a good seasons packet, I, I will. I'll okay. prep that. Yeah, like if, right. we're, if we're having if we're having like a lot of people over, yeah, then I'll then I'll, then I'll get the good seasons out and okay. pre-dress the salad and mix it all together. Does your apron say the bear on it? I don't have an apron. Oh. All right. I don't have an apron. Okay. I, I, I wear a lot of sauce on my shirt when I'm cooking, which is fine. <laughs> I, 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 I treat that as, as love. You get it. That's usually the sign that I need to turn it down just a little bit. A little bit. You, you, know, you don't want it. You don't want to, you don't want the sauce to burn. Okay. But again, no, no apron for the bear. I got, I got a lot of cooking tools. But no apron. All right. Very good. All right. I am on Villanova first half under in the Villanova game. Carolina money line. And I think first half under in that second game also. Bear, we got to do pre-masters next week, right? Yeah, we got to do pre-masters next week and we got to do some baseball. All right. You know, win totals, home run, home run prices, stuff like that. Okay. But yeah, yeah, and I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait on Villanova and hope I can get a better number. And then I'll bet Villanova and I like Duke. All righty. We will uh chat next week. Good luck to everybody out there. Bear, take us away. Bless you bet. more you lose when you win. You can listen to follow the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, don't miss more from Stanford Steve on ESPN Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. And check out the Bear on College Game Day on ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. <laughs>